Good evening and welcome to One Frame Radio, conversations about art in Saskatoon. This is your host, Alejandro, and this is CFCR 90.5 FM, streaming live around the world, cfcr.ca, or you can listen to our episodes on iTunes, or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Our guest for tonight is Michael Peterson, our other host for the program. But tonight, he's going to be talking about Nuit Blanche and all the the new series of performances and presentations and the new directions of the of the Nuit Blanche 2017. So welcome, Michael. Thanks for having me on, Alejandro. So let's... Uh, for the people that don't know what is Nuit Blanche, Nuit Blanche is a festival that includes a lot of public art. It's originated in Paris, France by the mayor of France. He started this uh, concept to attract people to a festival of lights in, in night uh, to, to bring people to appreciate uh, public art. So that's the origin of it. And then a lot of different cities have adopted. It's a big international show. They're not interconnected, but each city uses the name Nuit Blanche as that kind of same concept of public art, accessible, lights, and uh, outdoors. Yeah, as you mentioned, it started in Paris. And Nuit Blanche in French translates literally to sleepless night, or to white night or sleepless night. And the idea is of going out and bringing art really to the public. It's something that, as we've talked before on the show, for me is a passion of mine, which is creating art that is accessible and allowing people to cross the barriers of a gallery. But there's always still going to be that barrier in place. And so I got involved last year in Nuit Blanche on the board, and it's just that idea of taking art into the public realm where people can access it without when they're going for a walk or without having to go into a space, um, it, it really creates opportunities for some nice collaborations and nice accessibility there. So how did you, this year your function is as the curator. Right. So what, uh, can you explain what are the functions of a curator of a festival like Nuit Blanche? Well, it, it really started last year and it started about two weeks after the festival ended. It's a really interesting push because we're we're working you know th- six months of the year to get that festival up and running get it off you know we we ran it we strike we come back the next day to finish cleaning up anything that was left in the park and then i needed to come back and write our grant for the arts board two weeks later so the work really started there writing that grant but then also starting to write grants to involve community members my job entails everything from grant writing to working with our artists through the open call, so helping to select works, but then also helping to both develop projects and then to see those projects through to fruition, making sure that all the technical or other needs are met. So it's really a fulsome um, job working at all aspects of carrying off that festival. So this year, Nuit Blanche is going to be presented in in the three different business improvement districts we're expanding this year yeah it was always the goal of Nui Blanche to move throughout Saskatoon and that really mirrors what has been happening in other cities if you look at somewhere like Toronto in part Nui Blanche is an opportunity to enter different spaces to gain access to buildings where you wouldn't otherwise go private buildings that then open for that night 
it was an opportunity for partnership and again an opportunity to bring art into different spaces so bringing that back here this year we are expanding to include downtown and broadway and really excited to do so and i've had really great support from those communities in these initial stages but we're also using it then as sort of an overarching approach to ask how art can help us to see our city differently but also to enter spaces or act in spaces that we might not otherwise. So can we put art in an alleyway behind a Broadway business that for that night creates a safe and lit up space where someone can enter a space that they may not have otherwise? It's an interesting one with Broadway because the businesses there are continually moving into the alley, which isn't unlike Vancouver when I was there a couple years ago where you have the street businesses, but then entire uh, ecosystems of businesses moving down alleys. Broadway is starting to develop in that way. And so then can we be one of those sort of instigators that help someone to think about going down that alley, that think of it in a safe way rather than in a potentially dangerous way? Not that our alleys are exactly dangerous, but how do we create the opportunities for people to explore the city? So how do we bring people into alleyways or other spaces? How do we bring them into parks? How do we bring them into businesses that they may not have otherwise gone and start to interact with our city and use art as the instigator for some of those interactions? So this have some some components of spectacle yes, and also some components of accessibility. Can you define what is uh, what are those components and how they interconnect? Sure. For me... Spectacle is talking about both the opportunity for art to really speak on a, a broad level, but also the opportunity for it to amaze or to excite. I, I think at times within a gallery, in, in for very good reason, but at times art can become intellectual or it, it can become more framed around a university or academic type of setting. And like I say, there's a lot of reasons for that. But by taking the focus back to spectacle, by taking it back to our initial reactions, the things that make us ooh and awe, the things that we can just appreciate on, on more of the body level rather than the intellectual level. I think it allows art to speak a little bit more easily to those who aren't versed in academics, who aren't versed in some of those conversations, sometimes necessary to understand some of those exhibitions. It also challenges our artists to, to create work that can be understood more broadly. I've always thought that it's one thing to have difficult conversations, but it's a different thing to have those conversations in a way that can translate across different groups and across people of various experiences. Uh, it's a bit of an aside, but when I was going to school, I, for a couple of years, I worked as a math tutor. And it was always interesting to me that your job was to take this really complicated subject and try to explain it in a way that someone could understand that had been having difficulty understanding it otherwise. So I think some of that focus of spectacle can in some ways be seen as a way of saying, how do we take the visuals, which are so inherent to art, but make them have conversations in ways that involve different community members. Then to the other point you made, which is accessibility. This again goes back to me to something that's at the core of what I'd call my practice more generally, 
which is not just accessibility in terms of being able to physically access space or even as I was mentioning at the beginning to move art outside the galleries into the public realm so that there's less barriers. But how do we start to shift how we look at art from something that a few experts do that the rest of us all view at to how do we start to invite people to become participants and, and what impacts does that have? So when I was talking about sort of that work starting from day one, part of the reason is because we wrote a grant through the Arts Board that art, two artists, Monique Martin from Saskatoon and Margaret Michelle, who's coming in from France, would work with Victoria School students, involving the students in creating light installations that will light up Broadway the night of Nuit Blanche, but we're also hoping to keep those some of those in place semi-permanent so they can be used in other festivals and just for for the visual pleasure of people using those spaces more year-round. And the grant was accepted, which is really exciting because we've now started already working with students there. So it's asking not only how can we expand a festival, not only how can we bring a high level of artistic merit into the festival, but how do we do that while allowing people's children in our community to be some of the makers? It takes a, it takes a bit of a different approach and it certainly takes a lot of work, but it's inviting people to become involved in it and starting to ask that question of what does art mean to you? What does being creative, just the act of being creative, what impacts can that have? So what this is coming the third, fourth uh, year of the fourth year. fourth year. Uh, last year was the third and it's running the fourth. And, and in this fourth year, what are things that are going to be different than, uh, than the prior three years? Uh, and I know you mentioned one that is just moving uh, to two other different parts of the city that the festival hasn't been present before. What other things you are the expectations of, of this festival that is growing and growing and growing? Well, certainly moving it to those different spaces. I'm not sure if I would say necessarily so different as much as building on some of the, the what we have learned these past few years. Last year, we moved down to Victoria Park. That was in part a response to the fact that the year previous, we'd had the Deep Dark, which was a, a lit doorway installation that was very successful in that park. And so we brought the festival down there to see what would happen if we brought all the projects into that type of open and really the open space with less uh, immediate references to businesses or or other signifiers in that space it was the land of saskatoon and it was the park there were some logistical there were some good successes but also some logistical challenges in terms of electricity bringing in of generators of creating access to washrooms and other facilities for people but there was also Something that we wanted to move back to this year was this really connection with the communities in each area, which involve some of the businesses that are in that area. These are local businesses, and so we wanted to say, how do we bring people back into those spaces? And how do we, again, use the festival to highlight the organizations, the cultures, the businesses, the people that are in each neighborhood? So we're moving back to 20th Street. We're also going to be downtown. We're, we're still figuring out the exact location, but looking at portions of 2nd and 3rd Avenue, certainly, as well as 20th Street. Um, we were speaking with a Ramey Modern who's interested in developing a project down at River Landing and then up onto Broadway, again, looking at the sidewalk areas and some of the alleyways on Broadway. So one of the things then, again, it, this idea of building longer term is that we're working with 
the various community organizations and various businesses in these areas to talk to them about how they would like to become involved. Would they like to host an artist? Would they like an artist to come and work in their space so that that artist is not creating an installation that can go anywhere, but creating an installation not just specific to Saskatoon, but specific to their business, to that area? It's also the other things I would say are we are looking at developing it into a longer term festival. So we have a long, a more year round presence and we're looking at developing more partnerships with other organizations. So just to speak to a couple of the ways that we're looking to foster that, I'd mentioned the Victoria School Project, which, like I say, is going to be taking place from now until the festival on September 30th. We also, through the City of Saskatoon's community, uh, Sask Lotteries Community Fund, to get the full name of that correct, uh, received funding to work with Live 5 Theatre's Southern Dandy. And we just worked, just this past weekend, I worked with Jordan Schwab, who is our lead artist on that project. So what we actually did was give audience members from that play the opportunity to then uh, build set pieces in response that will be used for a production of that play in the festival. So it's really fun because we have a local playwright, local actors. Now we're getting to not only bring them into Nuit Blanche, but we got to involve audience members in building that set. It's a set about, among other things, a couple hobos who come across this liquor. And in this scene that's being presented, I don't want to get into it in too detail, but they, it, it's, it's a sort of a visionary scene that results from this drinking. And it's, it's, there's a lot of fun and camp in the scene, but then it was really fun working with Jordan and hearing his ideas of how to then light this. And the idea was to light it from the set rather than light it with spotlights so that the set itself glows. And we're positioning it just on a landing on the east side of Broadway Bridge and just just under the bridge so as you're walking across as you're transitioning you'll see this man in a white suit up on this lit box sort of projecting out and it, as a sort of initial enticement to the area so but again it's this idea of so now partnering with those community organizations so that we're bringing in different voices so we have an open call out currently which we'll speak about tonight still but some of the initial applications. We've had applications from across Canada. We have an application pending from France. We're getting some really exciting applications in, but locally we're also getting applications from not just visual arts organizations, but from poetry, from music, from uh, from acro yoga, from dance. And that personally to me is really exciting because again, when we're talking about accessibility and we're talking about the comfort levels, we all have our communities. And I think the scale of Nuit Blanche, we've had 10,000 visitors each of the past two years, which for a city our size and a festival size, is, it's great. It's this opportunity to then bring these different art groups together uh, and bring these different communities together and see what can come out of that. What is the capacity of the organization uh, and some of the struggles that the organization has in order to put this this event together? You, we were talking prior to this interview, and and some of the one of the things that came uh, was uh, accessing volunteer. There's a mm -hmm. volunteer force that need to be raised for these festivals like this. It's one night, but that's what the uh, audience will see. But as you mentioned, it's a year year project, and there's projects that are building on that might need. Some of those volunteers that uh, how what are the expectations uh, and w for uh, having uh, how many volunteers do you need to run this project and the event uh, and how how are you going to recruit them we have 
a solid volunteer base. And it's been really encouraging to me coming on in year three to see that we have 60 volunteers that we can call up and who come out that night who stay till midnight, 1 a.m. to help us clean up. I mean, just to say we have a really committed core, which is really great in place. As we're developing these projects that are longer term, it allows us to create opportunities similarly for volunteers so it doesn't just become this one night, but rather something that you can think about contributing to throughout the year. But that's certainly something that we're continuing to build, and I've been meeting with other community organizations, uh, other arts orgs in drama and, and other areas to find out how they're also building long term because there's a, there's a number of organizations that have been doing this a lot longer than us. And so I've been meeting with them, speaking with them about how to develop value for volunteers and develop that type of core commitment, because that really is important, because at some point that your volunteers are your community. And the board is all volunteer. The, I believe that the only people that get paid in this for this festival are the artists. The artists and myself as curator. So we hired Wayne Barrowalt last year as curator and this year myself. And so there is that paid position. We hire uh, generally two uh, s people to help with logistics and setup leading up to the, in the week leading up to the festival. And then the artists. But of course, the, the core funding goes to the artists. In terms of how do we start to manage some of this, part of that again has been going back and writing grants throughout the year. And we've been successful to this point anyway in these grants that we've been writing, which has been allowed us to expand things, has allowed us to bring in uh, the Victoria School Project, which has meant that we have lighting installations, not individual artist projects, but installations throughout all of Broadway. And that was one of one of the approaches we wanted to bring this year was because there's always going to be a limit in the number of individual projects we can fund. How do we then create spectacles throughout so that you're in a space that's lit, that's considered, that's artistic, and then you're seeing individual artists and individual projects throughout. And how does this event, uh, it, it has the name of an international event, but it's not related to it in the sense that there's no cross organization or, uh, or bound to any regulations with any of the other. They have an autonomy of how Saskatoon Nuit Blanche would, would work. Uh, what makes it different than any of the others in uh, across Canada? There's in Winnipeg, there's in Toronto, there's Calgary, there's uh, big cities. This is a mid-sized city. Uh, that's the difference. But what else is different between uh, this event and all the other events in the major cities? I think it really comes back to building from that community and learning from our community, listening to both the positives that we hear every year, but also the critiques. I would say as the curator this year and as someone who is fairly public facing, given that I have a gallery that I, I have had multiple conversations, dozens of conversations with people in the years following, which is so great. And it's, it's just nice that people feel open to come and talk to me about this. And so you again, get to hear the things that people really enjoyed. I think last year I, I heard people speaking about for families the accessibility of the park and the openness of the space. And the year before, I got to hear people talking about how they like that sort of almost frenetic energy of so many people on 20th in this, in this one area. And it's, it's an interesting thing and it's also a challenge to then take both of those very diametrically opposite in some ways views and say, okay, how do we have areas that can incorporate both? 
it's early on in planning, but I do suspect there will be areas of high concentration of work and areas of a fair amount of space in between. Just like an exhibition, I think there should be some rhythm to the festival. There should be, it shouldn't just be, you know, one project every 100 meters, say, you know, or however much that worked out to. There should be a concentration of projects that can work off each other, that can bring people together. And there may be a bit of time to digest and, and consider or to breathe or to space out. So that it does, I think, two years ago in our uh, second year, I think it was almost getting to the point where you were having so many people in one area that it became almost too too many people or we you, there wasn't room for growth is i guess what i would say and last year we spread out to the extent that at times you were walking through a park that was sometimes semi-dark and so now it's taking both of those and saying how do we play with that how does that darkness become an aspect of it because we're going to be walking in between these spaces but then how do you have that high energy when you get to an area how how do you see uh, people engaging in in Nuit Blanche uh, based on the experience from prior years what are some of the comments that people say well after they encounter the event and they leave I think there's again that balance between from last year people who really engaged with someone like Linda Duvall and Alana Moore where they were their their project where you were getting to have cup, have a cupcake, tell, hear a story from an inmate or someone else who wasn't able to be present. And then, or was it inmate, sorry, or those from seniors homes? I know that we talked about a few different groups that were being involved, but then to be able to present a story back to those same populations. But then people who also enjoyed circling around someone like Tamara Rusnick and Aiden Bowman's project, which was that bright spectacle, which didn't have the individual presence, but rather, again, that sort of spectacle of sight. I think it's a balance of those two. Or the dinner that Adrian Stinson. Or the dinner that Adrian, again, that spectacle, but also the intimacy of the dinner. I think given the size of the festival, I want to make sure to have spectacle there. And that's part of that reason. So that if you have a projection, if you have something, an installation that you can you can have a group of people come around it and appreciate it communally and it's at the same time part of the reason i'm excited for theater and for dance is that there that allows again the body to be present so we don't want to lose the body of the performer but sometimes that the projection or the sculptural installation allows for a larger audience so it's about working with because we've had comments on both of those where people have enjoyed both those spaces about how do we now balance those two so that we can bring both going forward the call for artists yes. if somebody's interested in participate as an artist in the event what is the procedure what is the process uh, where can they find the information who's the person to contact sure. how is it give it gets evaluated and what is the budget Okay, so to start at the beginning, nuitblanchesaskatoon.ca. I'll just spell that out quickly. N-U-I-T-B-L-A-N-C-H-E, saskatoon.ca is our website. Go there right on the homepage. There's a submission link. It'll take you to the submission page. Submissions are open till April 23rd at 11.59 p.m. I'm the contact. And I have made a point. We had our artist and enthusiast night a couple weeks ago, which... And you you were able to come out and thank you for that but it was it was a full room there was again a lot of positive energy there what i said there and i still hold to is that i want to be as available to artists throughout this process as possible 
So if artists are interested in applying, the easiest thing to do is to, and my contact information is right there, send me a message with project ideas or draft proposals. We're not going to judge them if they're not complete, if they need some work, but you're welcome to get in touch with me at any point of the process. The reality is, is we can help to structure them to mitigate uh, logistical issues or otherwise now in the process. But once those submissions are in and our jury is looking at them, we do have to, to some extent, look at what's in front of us. So April 23rd, like I say, but I'm available before then. If people would like to get some feedback, I will make myself as available as I can. Uh, in terms of the application itself, it's it's a project proposal, a budget, and a few images. It, it isn't an arduous process. We want to know what the project's going to look like, what you want it to achieve, and in some extent, then, what communities you want it to connect with. The, the community of Saskatoon and Fine is general, but what is it communicating? We're talking a lot about a spectacle, but that spectacle allows us to communicate stories. It allows us to communicate emotions or a multitude of other things and so what are you trying to what is it going to look like how is it going to function what is it going to achieve how is it going to achieve this and what's the budget going to be our, our starting point and it has been this way the last few years is for an artist fee of five hundred dollars per project depending on the scale of the project depending on the number of those involved all of this is open but that's generally sort of where we start plus a materials budget the reality is, because we're looking at having 20, 25, 30 projects in the festival, we can't spend thousands on each one. There just isn't the funds. And so part of my job and part of what we ask for the pro from the proposals is to also propose projects that can work within a budget so that everyone is getting paid fairly, but also able to carry to fruition projects that are proposed. So works in progress uh, would be acceptable? Works in progress are acceptable, especially to talk to me about those projects beforehand. But if you're proposing what you would like to see in the festival as opposed to a finished project, by all means. But then there also has to be a plan that's presented. Again, it doesn't have to be an arduous plan, but a plan for how you're going to carry this out. Just so that we know that if we are investing money in the project, but also if we're reserving a spot for it, that we don't en end up having a project that can't take place or where we have a hole the night of the festival because a project didn't come. So just, yeah, projects in, in progress, certainly okay. We just want to hear how that's going to come about. Well, that sounds very exciting. Again, uh, Noid Blanche, uh, the contact, noidblanche.ca, the contact is Michael Peterson. Uh, Noidblanchesaskatoon.ca. Uh, Noidblanchesaskatoon.ca. Yeah, thank you for correcting me. And uh, you have a few weeks to put something together. Uh, again, it's work in progress is accepted. Uh, it's, you don't need to be in Saskatoon. No. Nope, we encourage local artists. But uh, any artist from any place in the province or, or abroad uh, could be anywhere. Uh, so what else, uh, what else is you want to say about Nuit Blanche that we haven't covered? Well, I guess I would just say our board, as you mentioned, is a hardworking volunteer board. And we are going, to, we, we've been working at this since last festival and really, really excited for what's going to be coming up this year. There will be more information coming out leading up to the festival. We're hoping to have a presence at other street festivals at different places throughout the year. 
we're just we're excited for what this can be we're excited to partner with different communities and to really have a big celebration of saskatoon's local art scene i did have a last question and it's about is there a theme this year for for the for the event we're we're looking at work that interacts with its space that allows us to consider our city possibly consider it differently to explore spaces that we may not have otherwise and that involves the use of light and spectacle no specific theme but those are some of the guiding principles for Nuit Blanche festivals more generally and learning from that what we would like ours to focus on here. Okay, perfect. And thank you, Michael, for being with us tonight. Well, thank you for having me on, Alejandro. You are listening to On Frame Radio on CFCR.ca uh, or streaming live around the world in CFCR.com. Uh, I think I did it incorrect. Help me with this. Uh, CFCR 90.5 FM in Saskatoon. Or you can find us online. We're unframedradio.com or on iTunes. You can find the podcast there. Yes. And also you can like us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. We're unframed radio on those as well. Thank you yes. again, Alejandro. Have a great evening.